The views and opinions expressed on the Poor Ass Podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of BME Recovery Content Productions. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. And on that note, enjoy the episode. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Poor Ass Podcast. Before we launched into this week's uh, episode, just wanted to let everyone know that you might hear some beeping noise in the background. I'm really not sure what that was at the time of recording. I, I did not hear a beep, but in the editing, I'm hearing a beeping noise in the background. I apologize. I did try my best to edit that out to the best of my ability or at least subdue it. It comes and goes. I did the best that I can. Uh, on that note, just wanted to say happy holidays, let you know what was going on as I was editing. And uh, this episode is dedicated to all the single people out there and that are struggling, either going through a breakup or thinking about going into a breakup or, you know, the single people that have been per perpetually single for a very long time. I get it. Uh, you know, the messages that we get in our culture just don't value single people. But we could change that narrative. We could change our story and change the narrative that single people do have value. And I hope this episode brings you that um, hope, some joy, some laughter, and don't believe other people's stories on what you should do with your singleness. And enjoy. Thanks. Happy holidays. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I have a new website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes. That's www.porasspodcast.com. So if you hear vcomedy.com, uh, that is the old website. Go to www.poraspodcast.com for episodes and enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Bye. Welcome to Poor Ass Podcast, the show that talks about tough shit on a budget with your host, Veronica Porras. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Poor Ass Podcast, the podcast where we talk about tough shit on a budget. Uh, today's guest is uh, Jessica Varma. She is a graduate of San Francisco State University, achieving her bachelor's in exercise science and fitness. 
She is a championship level competitor, second degree black belt in karate, and has been studying the martial arts for almost more than 20 years. In 2008, she won her first world title in continuous sparring and karate. She is a certified health fitness professional and group exercise instructor. Jessica combines her discipline for martial arts as a way to still stay healthy and fit. Welcome, Jessica, to the podcast. Hi, Veronica. Th- thanks for asking me to speak today. I So today's topic is single bells, celebrating the holidays as a, a single, single person. And I first met Jessica in the ro- rooms of recovery. We've known each other for over 10 years now, I want to, I want to say, and she's been my homegirl. I don't know how many times I've called you up crying (laughs) and specifically being a person of color who's single and a single person in recovery, um, and not using relationships to fill a hole Mm -hmm. or get my needs met through, a man or, or something. And just to preface for the listeners, um, uh, both of us are cis uh, female. So we will be coming from the perspective of um, like hetero, but I myself as a demisexual, so I have that perspective. So just let you know, this is the perspective that we're coming from. And we're just sharing our, our experience being a single, single people. Um, on that on that note, um, so Jessica has been a really valuable friend in recovery, especially being a single person and and um, navigating just navigating life when I'm not actively looking for a relationship, and but when the waves of loneliness ha- have gripped me, they come hard and sometimes I'll have a combination panic attack along with the loneliness which is like it feels like death and I can't breathe and Jessica has been like a really great friend because like she's going through the same thing I am not 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 exactly because we all she has a life I have a life but she is one of the few people that I could reach out to talking about single stuff um and so I want to turn the uh, show to Jessica so she could share her experience, strength, and hope for like, you know, five, five minutes or five, ten minutes on like, you know, how are, how are you in romantic relationships and getting into recovery and just living life like long-term singleness and how is that affecting you? Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. Take it away, Jess. All right. Well, I'm going to start off um, where I come from, and then all this will kind of make sense why I think the way I do as a single woman. Um, I'm now 45, and I'll turn 46 in February. So um, the age is going up, but I am still single. I've never been married. Um, my parents are from Fiji Islands. Um, we are Fijian Indian. And in our culture, no, mostly in all Indian cultures, we're supposed to be married by 20 and have kids and a white house and a picket fence. And maybe if 
they're dog friendly. You can have a pet too with it. <laughs> but with my journey, that has not been the case. Um, I remember growing up as a kid, my mom, I mean, I remember when I was around a teenager, like 17 or 18, um, I was pretty much a tomboy. I was playing sports. And then at 17 and a half, I joined karate. And karate ever since then has been my, my passion. So I've been doing a lot of karate tournaments back in those days and um, missing out on family functions because I was always at a karate tournament. And my regimen was normally training Monday through Saturday because the girls that I competed against were pretty competitive. And I fought men too. I, I um, fought in about four or five men divisions too. So I did both. Um, but then it, it came to a point where my mom was worried about me, like, well, you're doing all these karate tournaments. We need to get married, you know? And, and I didn't know, like, you know, at that age, I was, you know, at karate tournaments, I was seeking for a mate, somebody in martial arts, somebody who was, you know, sim similar to me, but it just never happened. And, you know, just to, I guess, to have other females who are, you know, either Indian or other cultures, um, in our culture, you're not supposed to have sex until you get married. And for me, you know, I did wait. I was, you know, I was praying to all the gods, you know, in Hindu culture, we have so many gods, I tell you. And I prayed to all of them. I even read the book, <laughs> uh, you know, had candles lit, you know, and went to a lot of his prayers and priests and it just never happened. And I remember um, by the time I was 21, um, I got my first degree black belt and I was by then looking for a man. I was like, okay, it needs to happen. And I was still a virgin at that time. So then um, one of me and my karate students went to uh, a club. So that's where I went to go looking for a man. <laughs> so I didn't know because that growing up in my household, my father was the alcoholic. My mom was the codependent. So I already came from a dysfunctional family. So I did not have any tools of how to be an adult, how to date. All I knew was I, I was supposed to get married and I need to hurry up and have kids and move out of the house and then make be a doctor, make all this good money and give it back to my parents because my job is supposed to take care of my parents. So that was the pressure I went under. And I felt really bad about myself because I wasn't hitting that goal because <laughs> I was in karate beating people up and that's what I like to do and not to hurt people, but I just like the competition side because it just made me feel good because I got that um, good job kind of feeling from karate terms, whereas my parents didn't care. So going back to my story, when I went to a, a club, uh, City Nights, we used to call it Kitty Nights back in the days. Um, I went to City Nights and that's when I met this guy and, and I remember how it happened in slow motion and he was somebody like my father and Anthony was the one that I fell in love with and you know I gave up my virginity to this guy and he at that time was such a hard time in my life because when I met him you know we were dating whatever and I didn't I thought he was the one I was gonna marry and at the same time, within those three months, my father died in my arms. So I was already distraught. I was already pissed off of God. 
And then at the same time, um, this person, Anthony, who I sp- I'm speaking of, he was an alcoholic like my dad, but he had he had a lot of drug history and he um, he, he just was in house arrest. I mean, he was getting arrested. So I was trying to, you know, change him and trying to rescue him and all that didn't work out. So now moving forward, you know, as I look back at my life, like, wow, you know, there is something uh, not to be preachy of God. And if you don't believe in God or whatever, there's something of power or a universe greater than Jessica blocked it because I realized that if I stayed with this guy, I could have gotten pregnant by him. It could have stopped all my goals in martial arts and I would have been pretty unhappy. So, um, you know, it took me a while. It took me like five years to get over this person Four or five years. It was such a painful time in my life. And then, uh, and I was already 26 at that time. And so lost my virginity, was disappointed, you know, like nothing, no magic happened. I didn't get married to him. And as I moved forward in my life, um, I moved out of my mom's house thinking that um, my life would change. I had my own apartment with my dog, my first pit bull, Rocky, and my life is going to change. And I, and I, and I do, and I was in 12 step program and, you know, getting my life better and trying learning the tools of being a woman, a single woman, because I just didn't know, you know, and at the same time, within that timeline, I was going to family functions and, you know, my grandma, my mom's, my mom's mom, my grandma would ask boyfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend. And she was trying to figure out if I met a mate so I can get married, you know, and, and it's because all my cousins especially my mom's side of family, they were always comparing me to, uh, the sisters would always compare their kids with each other. Oh, what's Jessica doing? What is this other person doing? And she met so-and-so and and it looks like they're going to get married, you know? What's Jessica doing? And my mom would just say, oh, karate. She does her karate. Oh, and then her sisters will just say, oh, okay, oh, okay. So I already kind of got the feeling like, oh, they kind of wrote me off. I'm not good enough. I'm the tomboy who does karate and just not interested in getting married and, and being su- successful. So um, when I moved out of the nest and was on my own first time apartment with my dog, um, being a single girl, it was hard because I didn't, my mom and my dad didn't teach me how to budget, you know, and I didn't know anything. So I am a fitness professional, as Veronica mentioned, and I didn't know like how to budget my money, where I would, where my checking account would bounce so many times. I still did karate tournaments, but I was using my um, Capital One credit card to, you know, fly out to tournaments to do a tournament because I didn't have the money. And my goal at that time was to be a world champion in karate. So that was the light that was shining in my heart. And I believed in that goal. So I didn't give up. So I'm one of those people who never gives up. So went along with life and, you know, did karate tournaments using my credit card. And as a single girl and, and, and as Veronica mentioned, as a fitness professional, we don't make a lot of money. And at that time in my 30s, I was still growing as a fitness professional. Um, I graduated from exercise science and fitness, but they didn't show us how to be a trainer, how to be a great 
you know, fitness instructor and how to sell and all that stuff, how to create programs. So I had to learn all that during my lifetime. And um, every time I got paid, it was hard, you know, I only had like, what, $5 left in my account or sometimes 10. And, and it was because I was training and competing. And when you're training and competing, it's expensive travel costs and food cost a lot. And on top of having a dog and with his needs too, he had to eat and had medical stuff too, to take care of. It was really tough. And at the same time in the 12 step program, even though the first guy didn't work out, um, I was still seeking. And because I didn't have any tools of finding healthy men, I was finding I was, um, I remember I did a lot of psychic and tarot card readings because that's the only thing that's kept me insane. Because I, I really thought there was something wrong with me because all my cousins met somebody and I didn't. And so I remember one psychic saying that you are a healer, which I know I am. I do heal a lot of people. It's just a gift that God gave me. And she said that, but you attract a lot of wounded birds. So the men that I was attracting were men like um, in recovery, like men in rehab, um, men who are newcomers, they say, in 12-step in, um, programs, um, men who just, who are so addicted to their substance abuse where they were not even ready for a relationship. They were so trying to get themselves together and get off the drugs. And here I am like, I'm free and I can help you, you know, because I was a fitness professional. So I wanted to help people because I have a good heart and help these wounded bird, these men and, you know, change them and get them at Jessica's level, which is the karate competition fitness level, but it didn't work. And I went through, and Veronica knows this. I went through so much hell through and recovering and crying and, overeating, paying therapists, paying psychics to tell me what's wrong with me, you know? And, and at the same time on the budget, being a single girl, I was feeling sorry for myself because I was always, you know, down to the last five, 10 bucks. And, and I did all, and I paid for a lot of this retail stuff, you know, psychics and massage therapists, because I wanted to feel good because I didn't want to sit with the pain, you know? So, um, so being single was just not helping me at all. You know, I just thought that something's wrong with me. I'm, you know, almost not enough money kind of space asking mom for money. I got to a point where I was borrowing from her and then she got to a point of stop lending me money, you know? So a lot of it, you know, being single, I felt like not good enough. And when you feel not good enough, you attract, that's what you attract. You, we attract our mirrors. I've learned that. And being in 12 steps for many years now, I've kind of like noticed a pattern with myself and I had to heal the inner child in me. So all this goes back to the trauma I went through with my father, who was the alcoholic. He abused me sexually, verbally, all that stuff. So I went through so much trauma and this is why, not to, you know, to get the reason why I'm single, but this is a part of the reason why I'm not attracting healthy people. So 
as I fast forward my life, you know, now in the 40s, I was hoping, you know, after I won my world title at 38, I thought I would, I was ready to settle. Like, okay, I won my world title. I can have a relationship now. And again, the same behavior. I did the same thing. I would, you know, I I attracted another wounded bird. And, um, and of course it didn't work out. And I had to recover from that and go back to the 12 steps and therapy to heal myself. And um, as I am now currently 45, um, and at the same time in California, the rent has just been increasing. So um, when I was 38, the rent was going up and my landlord said that we can't keep you anymore because you're not making enough money. And when I heard that, it's like I had like a brain fog and again, not feeling good enough and not and telling the, you know, landlord, look, well, hey, it's not my fault. I'm not a doctor or I'm not a Google tech, you know, that makes all this money. It's it's just not my gift. I do what I know. And I, at that point, as a single woman, I was working two jobs where I couldn't even have a relationship. And I remember being so miserable um, just working all day. And I got to a point that at that time in my life where I was working two jobs where I left the keys in my car and the engine was running (laughs) and, and I had to, and the engine was overheating. In fact, where I had to call AAA to open up my car. And that day I, I turned back my life. I I said, you know what, forget it. This is not worth it anymore. I'm trying to survive and trying to, um, you know, being, you know, just trying to be self-supporting for myself. So, you know, as currently now, um, I had, I'm on my third pit bull. So, you know, about four or five years ago, my other, my last pit bull, Snowy, died right before the pandemic. And then I moved back to my mom's house. So now, currently, um, I I work close to my home, but I'm still, as a single woman, um, I'm working part-time now. So, now my family has written me off that, oh, Jessica's never going to get married. She's going to take care of her mom, which I am right now because she has a knee injury right now. So I am taking care of her. But um, I have to, during this holiday, you know, there's was this one more thing I'm going to say. There's this Black Friday sale we all go to and I have to look at, it was really hard, you guys. Like I had to, you know, look at my bank account. Okay. I got $1,400 and I have to buy groceries. You know, I have to fill gas and I need to buy a few items because there's, this is the only sale I'm going to get, you know, I need to buy leggings. I need to buy this and that. And I wanted to buy more and get more of the sales, but I knew that, no, we can't, we have to be in the budget. And I go to that, sometimes that space of thinking, well, if I had a significant other, then he could at least help me up out, you know, if we lived with each other. But then it, again, like I hear a lot of powerful women that, you know, even though they're in relationships, they are, they keep their money separate from their significant other. So I think that um, having that mindset that it's okay being single and you can only do the best you can. And knowing that you're going to be taking care of universe, whatever you believe in will take care of you. 
this is how I've been living my life because if I get to that space, like, Oh, I'm not married and I'm not making enough money. It just makes you depressed. You just want to commit suicide. Like, Oh, forget it. You know, nothing's working. And it's not a healthy way to live. You are where your feet are, you know, and if you're meant to do something, then it's going to happen. So that's the space I've been living as a single woman and to take care of myself and my current dog. And, um, and then that's just something that is working for me today. Let's talk about the myth of single singleness. So this is from a book called Singled Out. And I will include this link in the show notes. But this is a book called Single Out written by uh, Bella De Paolo, PhD. And... And so this was published in 2007, and these were these were some of the myths. And I'm reading I'm reading the synopsis uh, from um, Amazon. So myth myth one: the wonder of couples, marrieds know best. <laughs> like married people have all the answers, or or something oh. like that. That's not true. Like all of these are just not true, but why do right, we just right. keep believing this myth? So uh, an, uh, another myth is the dark aura of singlehood. You are miserable and lonely and your life is tragic. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. This is why we own a, a pet, right? To keep that sound. Uh, I, I live vicariously through your dog, so... <laughs> I know Rocky is no longer with us, but I still think about him. Isn't that crazy? I know, me too. Me too. Rocky and Snowy, both of those dogs. Okay, Snowy was the dog that you got when you went to Hawaii. Kauai. Yeah. She's Kauai. the one who did the, yeah, Kauai. She did the hula dance. Yeah, I met her uh, before before I moved to Portland. I did, yeah. I did visit you. Well, no, this was before the move. But I, you already had Snowy. I went to visit you at your at your place. You were already living yep. with your mom. Yep. And yep. the way, okay, the way Waki greeted me, he would jump on me. But right. The way Snowy would greet me, she would do hula and bang her butt on my leg. Yeah. <laughs> she hula. She was like straight up from Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Like she exactly. knew how to hula. How did Snowy oh, yeah. learn how to hula? <laughs> She would, I don't know. I just, you know, I told everybody she's an island dog and she just did the figure eight for hula dancing. Like, and then she could go really fast, which we call it Tahitian. Like she could do a Tahitian too, if she wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she was a wiggle butt. But um, yeah, she was a blessing that Angel sent because she healed a lot of people, that dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, before I go into the next myth, it's just like really quick. And I know in like witnessing your recovery path, like even though the man hasn't arrived or, but you've always gotten a dog. Like even when Snowy died, even when Snowy died, like you were on a mission to get another pit. And I told mm-hmm. you it's going to happen. Like I know it's yep. going to happen. And fucking Thor, the best dog ever. I mean, they're all yeah. the best dog. Rocky was the yeah. best. Snowy was, but like, you would always got the best dog. Yes. And you, you got to tell the story of how you got Thor. Okay. So again, I believe in the law of attraction. So I wrote down every detail what I wanted. 
and prayed. I mean, I prayed so hard. Like I was on my knees and squeezing my hands and praying. I asked God, hey, send me a dog that has rocky and snowy in it because I'm really upset at you because you took away snowy and this is too soon. And at the same time, they cut my hours at my job. And when Snowy died, I had a huge bill. Like I had to use my rent money to pay her vet bill just to verify she was, she had cancer. And then at the same time, I had to pay for her funeral, you know, her, you know, her, her cremation. So, um, and that's when I started writing everything. I already visualized what I wanted. I wanted a deer like dog and I wanted to have Rocky and Snowy's personality. And then, like you said, Veronica, I was on a mission. I, you know, was looking online and there was a first dog. I remember calling you, the first dog was rejected and I was stuck on the Golden Gate Bridge for an hour because I thought I was going to get this dog and then it got adopted. So I know when that happened, it's just like, you know, finding men too. When it doesn't happen, it gets blocked. Then I knew, okay, that's not the one for me. It's not meant to be. So um, with Thor, I found him on Craigslist, which is kind of funny. <laughs> ghetto <laughs> it sounds ghetto yeah oh. i mean rocky was ghetto too yeah but um <laughs> he had a thug name a thug mom what's her mom's name um hennessy yeah she was named after an alcohol but um with thor i found him on craigslist and the photo you know he's just staring at me you know he's in that laundry basket he's he lived in the laundry basket because that's, they had a lot of puppies this owner so the owner tested me too when I got Thor and Thor means the God of thunder. And, um, when I got Thor, she, she changed the directions on me. She goes, Oh, meet me here. Meet me there. And I, I was crying to my heart. Like, God, is this meant to be a, or not? Or just person standing me up. And then mm. sure and behold, Thor was sitting on her chest as she pulled up. And I had my cousin with me just in case if this was like a hit and run kind of thing, you know, mm. Mm. She takes her money and not give me the dog kind of thing. So I had my karate, you know, defenses up just in case. Cause that mm. kind of stuff does happen here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, uh, no, it was meant to be, she was a very caring dog, a uh, pit bull owner like me. And um, I, to this day, I send her photos of Thor. And then I got Thor and Thor just looked at me and he accepted me. You feel that when you get a dog, you feel that acceptance. You make that eye contact. He looked at me and he said, okay. And I felt the okay because he was crying when they removed him from his sister. Cause he had a twin sister that looked exactly like him. And I wish I had both. If I had money, I would have gotten a sister too, mm-hmm. but yeah, he was crying. And then, when he looked at me with his blue eyes, now the blue eyes go away, by the way. But when he had the blue eyes at the moment, he looked at me and he said, okay. And he came on my chest and I mimicked him as a good dog owner. You want to keep things same. So I, I, I brought my own laundry basket and put him in the laundry basket <laughs> and drive from Hayward to all the way to South city, which was a, we were stuck in traffic, an hour drive. And then uh, we had to buy his dog food because the owner didn't give me any dog food. So I had to go buy his dog food. And ever since then, he's been a blessing. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, I've been through a lot of, since my dad was the alcoholic, I went through a lot of PTSD. So I find that animals are very healing. So Thor has been my healer, um, my past dogs, rocking snowy. Man, if a relationship didn't work out, I'd be crying so much, but... I would hug the dog. 
-hmm. And the dogs were just like Rocky will let me cry and he'll let me finish. And then he'll get a squeaky toy. You know, and same thing with Snowy. Snowy will let me cry. And then she'll do the hula dance. And with Thor, he'll let me cry on him and kiss me. And just, he's different. He'll just stay still. It's interesting how every animal is different. So as adding to my gratitude list this holiday season, I'm, I keep telling God, like, I'm so grateful I have Thor. You know, I'm glad I have him as a single girl because the holidays brings up all these feelings. Like, why am I still single? The new year is coming. Uh, Christmas is coming. Will I kiss anybody under the mistletoe? Why? Are we, and this is all expectation. The expectations are premeditated resentments. So I'm not accepting like, and maybe we not kiss nobody on the, under a mistletoe ever. And next, the new year is coming. Will I be home single again? You know, and again, those are just expectations we're putting on ourselves. And I feel that social media does it, man. Because I see my cousins celebrating, they're married, they're having this perfect lifestyle, you know, parties and the perfect meal and the husband's taking care of everything. And when we, as a single woman, when you see all that, you feel left out and feel a little bit bad about yourself. But the truth is, we don't know what's behind those curtains. And I would tell my mom that too, because she because she would rub it in like, oh yeah, so-and-so is going to do this party for blah, 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 you know? And I said, mom, you don't know if they're happy. The, the, your, auntie, your sisters will just say all the good stuff. We don't know if if the spouse is abusing her or cheating on her, who knows? You know, we don't know nothing behind the, the, the setting, the curtains, I call it. So mm-hmm. if anything, you know, we just got to look at ourselves and, and, and ignore the social media. Cause I know social media does a lot. And as a single person, sometimes I watch these dating shows too <laughs> and try to, and trying to see like, hmm, should I try this on somebody? The tips to see what the young people are doing these days, you know? <laughs> and it's just, again, I think that people are not, what they say, let the chips fall and let nature take take its course. You know, when animals meet each other, it's all timing. And they don't force things. Things just happen. And I, I feel that's just the same as a single person. And I don't know in this lifetime if I ever will get married. You know, the last person who did my, I, like I said earlier, who did my tarot card, she said that you were brought here on this planet to heal yourself, which I know partially is true, that I need to heal little Jessica, all the trauma she went through. Because the issue is I bring that in the relationship. She, the little girl still misses her dad. As I said, my dad died at 26. So when I see a man, it's like she comes out and wants to be nurtured by this mate. And and I have to tell myself today, I've learned a lot through 12 steps. Like, no, little Jess, he's not your father. He's, you know, he's adult Jess's boyfriend here. We're dating. We can meet him, but he's not your father. And it's that codependency I'm still working on. Whenever I talk to people and I talk to men, um, just kind of going with the flow and, and checking in with other 12-step members, if I ever get in a relationship again, I know I have to check my behavior 
because I notice that's when I want to clench back on and I have to give myself space with that because, and I think it's because I've been single for so long that I get so obsessive over it even more, you know, and I really want it to happen in my heart, but not accepting that. I don't know if I'm going to get married in this lifetime. And I get worried sometimes, honestly, because my mom's 72 now and she has lupus. So I am in this space like, gosh, is she going to be alive to see me walk the aisle or an Indian, you know, (laughs) wedding go around the fire seven times? (laughs) Will I go around that fire in a sari? (laughs) Will I ever experience that? I don't know. Because I'm learning today I'm not the only one. Um, There's a lot of women, even men too, who are in their 60s, 80s, never got married. So when I hear that, that brings home to me like, okay, I got to live my day one day at a time and keep myself happy. And Will Smith, one of the actors says that himself. He tells his wife, you go do your things to make yourself happy. I'm going to do my things to make myself happy. And if you think about it, when two people are doing their own things, like for me, it's karate, they're doing their things to make themselves happy. And then when they come together, their needs are met. They don't want to depend on the other person to make them happy. Yeah. When I was um, preparing for this podcast, I came across a podcast called uh, Solo. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. Solo, the single person's guide to a remarkable life hosted by Dr. Uh, McCraw. McCraw. Dr. McCraw. McCraw. He is a a behavioral scientist based in L.A. And I was listening to the episode uh, Living (laughs) Living Remarkably During a Pandemic. And this came out in March 14th, 2020. They did a coronavirus um, edition. So at the time of this episode, uh, coronavirus um, was just happening. Well, I think the outbreak was first reported in February, but the United States mm-hmm. did its first lockdown in March of mid-March. Right. And right away, this, ap- this episode uh, came, came out. And I've heard I've heard this before. He was talking about you know solo, but not alone, and note and the difference between physical isolation and emotional isolation. Um, so, you know, and I was applying recovery principles in that aspects already, but it's it seems like like uh, pre-pandemic it was like like uh and I I am single and I'm and the sponsors that I was working with would say stuff like that and I do remember you know trying to apply them to the best of my ability it just seems that like with COVID it's like okay uh if like there's no diddly daddling around it's like I what I have seen since pandemic has has started, and then the last year we're going on year um, year two or no, twenty twenty one twenty twenty. That's like well, kind of year one. Year one. Year oh no, year three. Twenty twenty two would be year three into into pandemic. 
And I'm I I predict that this is going to be like a five year thing because Spanish yes. flu was five years. Spanish yeah. flu was a five year, okay. a five year thing, and then we went into depression and then World War II. So we might have some more stuff headed headed our way. But in terms of like the pandemic aspect of it, Spanish flu um, lasted five years. So I'm thinking, hey, this is the five year plan. Maybe I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not the one right. doing the time. I'm not doing the timetable. Right. But it's like, okay, I got five years. So, okay, solo, not alone. No, the difference between a physical isolation and an emotional isolation. And, and it's like, um, it's game time. Like this coronavirus mm -hmm. uh, to me as a single person is game time. And it's like maybe before pandemic, it was a nice thing to do. Oh, yeah, focus on yourself and learn what you like. It's like, no, if I don't focus on ourselves, I'm going to die if I'm not. Because, <laughs> you know, you see these people freaking out over masks, wearing masks or someone telling them to wear a mask and they flip out and they get into a fight. You, the videos are on Twitter if you want to see them. Like, just do research. Yeah. You know, no, just flipping you. out. Now, yeah. I'm just yeah. seeing like, oh my God, there's millions of people just sitting emotional sleeping cells, time bombs, waiting to snap, or maybe they have already snapped. Because I know when I'm not looking at my own childhood trauma, it's like, yeah, it's going to come out in a relationship, going to take someone hostage. Or, you know, I'm roommate, I'm single, but I'm roommates with, with my brother and like we've had a lot of important conversations, um, behaviors that need um, adjusting. We just had another like conversation where my brother pointed out some behaviors that I was doing that wasn't that uh, was stressing him out, and I didn't want to hear it. But it's like we're sharing the same the same space. And so it was something that it is being like worked, worked out to say the least. It's not, they're not overnight solutions. It's like, okay, he, my brother saw behaviors in me. We had a long conversation. Um, I'm processing it. And then I'm talking to my sponsors about it and I'm journaling about it. It's like, what can I, what can I do um, about it? So that's the stage that, that I'm in. And you know what, if I, if we were in, I don't know, the, the before times, <laughs> like, yeah, I was already active in my recovery program, but even more so with this pandemic, it's like, um, maybe I could step up my game a little bit more. And there's some, like, uh, do you know about angel numbers? No. If you see the same number in, um, in threes, in consecutive, um, in a series of, like, one, 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 two, 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 uh -huh, uh -huh. three, three, three. If you just see a sequence and you suddenly notice it, it's, a, it's an angel number. That's, that's oh. just my understanding of it. It's and no. that's how angels talk to us. Oh, Okay. But you have to notice it. I mean, they're all around. Okay. They're all around. But you, you have to be, you have to be like, a, like in sync. Okay. You have to notice. If, so once you notice a, a number that's in that same sequence, sequence. it's that like, is. oh, 
333. So, um, and so this happened, like I was playing Angry Birds, my game. <laughs> I was playing Angry Birds <laughs> on my mobile game. And I got my score and parts of my score was 999. Mm. So I look up, like, what does 999 mean? And basically it was like new beginnings and and focus on the beginnings rather than the ends. The end of it's it's like it it was basically just saying like, oh, you're coming to an end of a cycle in your life and you're about to embark on a new mm. a new a new beginning. And my service term has ended at the end of December. It's going to end. I'm no longer doing the service. And I, I've shared about it with you, but this particular panel has been the most challenging. Well, I, and I've had some significant challenges like before, but this was just really sig- another service term that was really significant, like, you know, dealing with racism within links of service and dealing with racism within recovery circles or recovery communities when uh, Caucasian members don't see it. And when I interact with them, it's very similar in communicating to the alcoholic. When you tell the alcoholic, your behavior is bothering me, like the drinking is like, no, I don't have a problem. You're crazy. (laughs) It's the same with racism. It's the same with racism. It's like exact behavior of dealing with the alcoholic. And it was driving me crazy because it wasn't alcohol. It's sober people. Right. So now I hear, I see this angel number, 999, and I'm reading about it. And it's like becoming your best self and focus mm. on beginnings rather than endings because bullshit happened in this, oh, yeah. in this service. I told you about it and mm-hmm. bullshit happened. It's like, okay, if I'm embarking on this new cycle in my life, January is like right around the corner mm. and, um, And like being a single person, I do have a lot of time and I am focusing a lot in service. And I said this to you, it's like, is this my life? Because major, like generally speaking, the people who are active in service, they're in their 70s, they're in their 80s. And there's nothing wrong with that. But some of the 70s and 80 year old people are deeply racist, whether they realize it or not. And these are the people that I'm interacting with. It's like, is this my life? Yeah. Is I'm going to be just in service with racist people my entire life, <laughs> my entire recovery life? Um, and then this angel number, like new beginnings, focus on the beginnings, become your best self. So it's like if I'm always, if I keep focusing my energy on they did this because they did, they did this, they did that, and it was so upsetting it's like, how can I, or maybe you, like, if you have something to, sh- to share on that, like, how, how are you shifting from, or acknowledging, like, this trauma happened, this bullshit happened, and, like, becoming your better self from that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, healing the, you know, the trauma, which is, little girl, Jessica, teenage Jessica, probably 20 year old Jessica, <laughs> the three Jessica's in me, you know, that life phases I went through the healing the past. Cause I know the old Buddha saying is, you know, the past is an illusion. It's over. We can't go back to the past and fix it. 
But um, what I've been doing, which works well for me, because I'm like the dogs, I'm very energy. I work with well with energy. And like you're saying with the angel, um, thank you for sharing the the angel numbers. Um, you know, when I pray, I always pray for God's army and the, the little message, I call it the God voice. I'll hear it. And something will tell me like, okay, go over here, go over there. And I know that's something that's leading me. And um, knowing that, okay, there's something that that's taking care of me and I need to do it this certain way. And with the trauma, I've been using uh, Reiki work. I'm also certified level one Reiki. Uh, so somebody in program is doing my Reiki. And every time I do Reiki, like the last session I just had a week ago, um, I slept very deep. So it's, it's showing to me that, okay, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done. And like you said, Veronica, it is not done of this is going to be my lifetime lifetime until I leave this planet. I got to continuing working on myself. And it's kind of like what my karate teacher told me, like you, you were mentioning the people in recovery where they're at. You know, one thing my karate teacher taught me, and I'm glad he taught me this. It was a, not a nice way of him <laughs> teaching me this. But there was one time we were sparring, my instructor Kyle and I, we were fighting and then there was a part where I just got complacent, like, oh, okay, we're just a fight, you know, you know, he's my teacher. And then that's when he knocked, almost closely knocked me out. And he took off his glove and his helmet. He said, don't you ever become effing complacent on me, ever. Oh, my <laughs> and God. Ever since then, I was like, holy shit. He goes, in life, because karate is a way of life, we say. In life, you should never be complacent. So because of my crying teacher, when I find myself doing the same shit and expect, expecting different results, okay, I need to change and try something new. Like you were saying, new beginnings, you know? So I know when I'm getting complacent in my life, I'm not happy. I feel unproductive that I know I need to be doing something. So with the Reiki work that I've been doing, um, I notice there's a pattern, you know, the, the teacher keeps saying, I feel that you're so, your mom you're always worried about your mom. And she was right. Like anytime I go somewhere, like I feel like I need to check in with her or when I was dating that one guy many years ago, um, I would always be worried like, Oh, she's not going to come back home because it's the way I was raised in the you know Asian culture, you need to be home by 10 o'clock. You know, if it's past 10 and it's like 3am in the morning, where are you? You know? And, uh, you know, I, and I have a mom that would judge me for that. Like, oh, you're with a guy and you're being a hoe. And it's like that, again, that stereotype them putting, being put on. And it's just like, no, I'm just hanging out with the guy. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so this is what I've been doing currently with my, and then the, one more, another thing I was going to say is, um, and, I, and I called you this, Veronica, because Thanksgiving, I was pretty sad. So at Whole Foods, I saw um, a lot of stuffed animals. So I grabbed a unicorn because I love. I remember as a kid, I loved unicorns. So I just held that unicorn and played with it for a second <laughs> at Whole Foods. I didn't buy it because um, it, I, there's a part of me as an adult, just, this is crazy. Why would I buy a unicorn and put it on my bed? But I didn't buy it because I have a dog. You know, Thor is going to want it kill that unicorn of course so um but I noticed that connection I had like okay 
there is still that trauma that needs to be healed. That little girl likes to come out a lot. So because being a pet owner, especially having a dog, um, I noticed that I'm very, very playful with him and noticing that is bringing healing to me. And at my job as a fitness professional, I play with my members and surprisingly, you guys, their inner child comes out. And like, there's like one, um, uh, student I have my spin class. I love him so much because his little boy comes right out and he is older, you guys. He's like in his six, late 60s, yeah. I would say. And then every time we'll say goodnight, he'll say night, night. <laughs> and then I'll say night, night, you know, and it, 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 it kind of brings me back to being that little kid again. And, and I think um, we don't need to be ashamed of that because there's a part of you that we say there's that childhood childhood loss. My childhood was taken because I had dysfunctional parents. My teenage life was taken because of my dysfunctional parents. So there's that loss that needs to be healed. And as I mentioned, it's going to be a lifetime and that's okay. Cause I, I my job is to keep myself happy and to, and to, and to enjoy my time here because I, anything can happen to us. As you can see how the pandemic has killed a lot of people. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it has. So um, on that note, thank you, Jessica, so much for being on the podcast. Um, where can people find you and or if you want to be found? Uh, I'm on Facebook. That's the only thing I have. <laughs> I have Facebook. I do have Instagram, but I don't use it. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, they can email me. I can give Veronica my email address um, if you want to talk more. Um, I'm very open to my story. And uh, again, I like to share and to uh, help others. It's the same in martial arts. Uh, I've learned to lead by example, you know, to be the strong person of, of color, martial artist, fitness professional, but she's still getting, getting by, you know, with her dog. This is a girl and her dog getting through life. <laughs> All right. And, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can contact Jessica through through the episode. There will be um, links. So just access the episode and her contact information will be there. Um, people, if you like this episode, uh, give it five stars. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Rate the pod. Share with your friends. Share with other singles. If you know other singles having a hard time, send them this particular episode. We're two single people. And like um, so the solo podcast was saying, uh, phys physical isolation isn't the same as emotional isolation. There are ways like have a Zoom party, have a Zoom show, um, Zoom dinner party. And... Um, yeah, there there are solutions, and you're not you're not alone. I know it's such it's like a cliche thing, but you're not. Yeah, no, you're not alone. Find the people, find safe single people to be with and connect with during this time. So you could get my con you can contact me at vcomedy.com, v e e c o m e d y dot com. I am on Instagram and Twitter, poorasspodcast.com. All the all the contact information is in the show notes and the website. Um, subscribing also supports the podcast. Vemo me that helps the podcast as well. 
And if anyone wants a personal video message from me, I am on Cameo. If you want a personal video message for me, you could get me on Cameo. Uh, I am the only Veronica Porras on there, so I am very easy to find. Thanks. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you, Veronica. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.